The first thing, and I cannot emphasize this enough is know your audience and just, and really, if you haven't done the research on your audience and haven't invested in that, do it because that's actually where you're going to be spending your dollars the best. Welcome to the Marketing Expedition Podcast, an auditory journey through the latest in marketing, branding, and advertising. Now, here's your Marketing Expedition Guide, Ray Allen. On this week's episode of the Marketing Expedition Podcast, I get to speak with Mary Ann Pruitt, and she's the CEO and President at Mosaic Media, a collection of media buying experts and creative strategists who negotiate, purchase, and monitor advertising space and airtime. Marianne has helped develop effective marketing strategies for agencies of all sizes, small businesses, service businesses, private education institutions, legal and professional services, along with many others. And she is very passionate about passing on the experience that she has gained onto eager professionals looking for actionable marketing tips. But first, let's get into the marketing essentials moments, the basics that you need to help you continue to build your brand and your bottom line. After my conversation with Marianne, it dawned on me that it might be helpful to have an understanding of what all of the acronyms are that we speak in our marketing land. And so I just wanted to cover some basic acronyms so that you understand what they might be and how you can use these to your advantage when you're speaking with somebody in the marketing field, if you're not necessarily marketing every day. And maybe if you are in the marketing field, this might be a good reminder. You might even learn something from this. So I'm gonna just give you a few examples of some marketing acronyms that we use in our world. So BR, bounce rate, the percentage of people who land on your page and return and go off of your page within three seconds. CPA, cost per action, a model in which an advertiser pays only for the action someone takes by clicking on a link, an impression, or a sale, a conversion. CPL, cost per lead, the amount it costs you to acquire a lead, right? Uh, and then conversion rate, CR, it's a sales acronym. Those people who completed the desired action on your web page, such as making a purchase. And then a CTA, call to action. It can be a button, it can be in verbal format, it can be a subscription form, a call to action to purchase something, to do something, to like something, to follow something. What is your call to action? You always wanna have an idea to have a call to action on what you're doing to get people to do what you want them to do. Thinking about how you can use that. A QR code, what does QR stand for? Quick response, barcode. So those are the codes that you're now seeing when people want to order from a restaurant and they have a QR code and they have the menu as a actionable website that pops up. QR codes are becoming more and more popular. It took them a while to get people get used to them, but now if all you do is if you have an iPhone, you open your camera app and you can scan that QR code with your camera app, It's a quick response and it opens up a website and then there you have it. You can now look at more additional information. SM, social media. SMM is social media marketing and that's the use of social media platforms, of course, to promote your product, service, your brand, all the things that you're using. So SMM, UX, 
the user experience, the overall experience that the customer has with your business, either on your website or even in person, right? The, the user experience. B2B, business to business, B2C, business to consumer. Uh, those are some simple ones that we use a lot. KPIs, key performance indicators, or as I like to call them, kept promise indicators <laughs> to keep the promises that you make. So you uh, use KPIs to understand what success metrics you're having in your business. So you can have lots of different indicators to understand what those kept promises are. RSS feeds, so rich site summary. The RSS feeds you uh, information whenever a website is updated and you can set it up to where you can subscribe to an RSS feed so that people just get that in their inbox or wherever you have the RSS feed uh, aggregated, you can use that. Couple other ones, PPC, pay per click. PPC is when somebody clicks on your ad and then you have to then pay the whoever's publishing the ad or whoever's the platform on. Um, so when it's clicked on, cost per click, CPC, the amount of money spent to get on an ad clicked when running PPC campaigns. So pay per click, cost per click, and then the click-through rate, the percentage of the number of clicks on the page uh, over the total number of people that can click. So you click through rate, and then how many people are clicking through that that can click? ABC, always be closing. <laughs> uh, and AE, account executives or account managers, um, AAM, account manager. Oh, here's one that's really good. COB, close of business, or EOD, end of day, or close of business. And then here's uh, customer acquisition costs, CAC, uh, how much it's taking you to pay to then acquire that customer. And then also you can use that with the customer lifetime value, CLTV, customer lifetime value. It's a prediction of the net profit attributed to the entire future relationship with the customer. And you can use this based on past customers and how much they spend uh, on average lifetime value and how long they're with you as a customer. And then how much it takes to acquire those customers over time. Of course, SEO, search engine optimization, those are also you know things that we do to help optimize traffic to get to a website. Other things, inbound marketing, and just lots of different acronyms that we get to use in this industry. There's, there's a lot more, but here's a favorite. Keep it simple, stupid, KISS, the KISS method. <laughs> anyway, those are just some acronyms that came to mind that I thought would be helpful to understand what it is. Paid for performance is another one, PFP. PDF, what's PDF stand for? Portable document format. It's the format of being able to save documents in a flattened format so that way all of the fonts and imagery all is saved as a flattened image and then you can display that PDF as, it, as though it's intended. Sometimes other document savings, they get a little wonky depending on the screen or the computer you're using. So if you save something as a PDF, then it's gonna ideally display the way you want it to. All right, I'm sure that I could go on with a lot more acronyms and maybe we'll compile a bunch more for you so that way you can learn the terms of our industry and hopefully this will be helpful to you. And listen on Marianne's interview. She's got a lot of good nuggets for you to learn and some more acronyms that we're gonna address as well. <laughs> so here we go. Well, 
Welcome to the Marketing Expedition Podcast. I'm your host, and today's guest, we have Marianne Pruitt. Welcome to the show, Marianne. Thanks, Ray. Thanks for having me. I'm looking forward to this conversation. Absolutely. So I just want to dig right into everything that you do. I mean, there's so much that I read and, and read about you. So just share with our audience more. How did you get to where you are now and doing what you love to do? Well, it's so funny. My journey really started in a love for marketing in a way of graphic design. That was like the first thing I ever did in marketing. Um, really young, like we're talking very teenage, late teens, teens, and I was kind of an overachiever going to college at an early age. Um, but then I found a love for marketing as a whole and economics together. And that's actually where my uh, media journey began is the, the data and all the information that comes with economics and all of the data sourcing and all of those pieces and numbers and what they tell you. And then how does that work within marketing? And really in media, that's what we find works really well together. So we, now I've had this journey of multiple decades now in media, yeah. <laughs> being able to see where I've seen the journey of traditional media being the only platforms that they are to the evolution of where we are with digital and social and all the above uh, with the multiple generations that we need to target. So what we have found is, and where I really love to do is teach people and help people with their marketing and media plans for how do you target for today's audiences and how do you use your media to the best interest as opposed to guessing of where you need to be with your media. Absolutely. Okay, so let's dig in. Let's think of a, a scenario where you've helped somebody through their media plan and, and kind of talk through the all the all the tactics and things that you did to really elevate where they were going with what with their media plan. Yeah. So the first thing that and this sounds so cliche and so minimal, but the first thing, and I cannot emphasize this enough, is know your audience and just mm -hmm. And really, if you haven't done the research on your audience and haven't invested in that, do it because that's actually where you're going to be spending your dollars the best mm -hmm. is, okay, I know who my audience is. I know exactly who I need to target and then build a plan around it. So in today's world, we have five generations in the workplace. Mm -hmm. That means five generations with spending capability. That's a lot. That's a lot of money. That's a lot of, we're talking in the hundreds of trillions of dollars of money of spending capability that we have in America alone. And when we think of it that way, and we think through that, it shows even more of the importance of knowing that audience, know who they are, know what they do, know exactly how um, their uh, information and how they gather information and how it works for them and to reach them where they are. Yeah, I just picked up a book that is entitled How to Market to Gen Z. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and, you know, it's cliche in that, but it's so interesting because if you actually look at the different generational breakout of spend. So Gen Z has about 300, I think the last number that I saw is about 350, 360 billion dollars in spending capability as a generation. They're young. They're still very young, right? Mm -hmm. And they but they they're in the workplace, they're in the workforce. Some of them are teenagers, some of them are young adults. We're right in that cusp right there for them. Um millennials and Gen Xers, we often dismiss Gen Xers as somebody that just shouldn't be part of our mix. We're like the um, redheaded stepchild. I'm right yeah. right there. <laughs> forgotten generation. It yeah. really is. And, and it's the generation of heroes. Um, those were our 9-11 uh, heroes that went into yeah. the building that yeah. like, if you think of through of Gen Xers um, and the importance that they've actually had in our society, we ignore them. But the fascinating thing to me is the spending capability that Gen Xers has is 2.4 trillion. 
Do you know what millennials have? They only have 2.5 trillion. Gen Xers and millennials are even and their spending capability mm-hmm. and what they have. So why, why are we missing and forgetting Gen Xers? Why are we not looking at targeting both Gen Xers and millennials together? And how do we target them differently? Because they consume media differently. Mm-hmm. How does every generation consume those media fronts? And so it's, it's fascinating because you said you pick up a book about, okay, how to market to Gen Z. Yes, <laughs> every generation has its unique pinpoints. They do. And how then, so it's not just marketing, but then how do we target them? And so we put, I always say that, you know, marketing is this giant bridge or umbrella, right? But it's this bridge that has all these different pillars and your media is a huge center pillar for that. And how are you reaching that out in your paid outsource? So what, what are you doing your paid efforts to reach that target audience? And you have to do it correctly and you have to have that right mix for who that target audience is. But you can't do that unless you really define who that target audience is. So tell me some of the things that you do when you say, let's go define and know who our audience, who they really are, aside from just, you know, surveys that no one fills out hardly anymore. But I mean, what, what is it that you're doing to, to really understand and dig into the audience? Well, we know generationally, if we, um, we know where the consumption is and we have all this data. One thing that's amazing for marketers today is data is available to us. We have information available to us. Mm-hmm. 20 plus years ago, when I started my career, we had Nielsen, we had some books. That's all we had. Facebook yeah. wasn't even around when we started the business. <laughs> it did not yeah. exist. I remember when Facebook started and it, right. and, and it didn't start with any ad platforms at first. You know, it was just a college group. Oh, this won't last. It's just a trend. Exactly. And then, and then exactly. they called it new media. <laughs> Remember when it was yep. called new exactly. media? <laughs> and that's exactly right. And so we didn't have, so the data that we had then, you know, it kind of told us habits, but not really. And it told us habits and lump sums. So if you think of it this way, it was, okay, adults between the ages of 25 and 54, what are they listening to? What are they consuming? What are they watching? That's, that's what we did. You know, you had 18 to 24, you had, you know, 25, 54, like we had them in lump sums, which we could break it down by, I think seven to eight years, but that's it. So if you think of it that way, it wasn't, you know, I'm targeting a woman that is 32 years old, that has two children that drives an SUV that, um, goes to soccer practice twice a week that is grocery shopping herself or she orders in her groceries. So it's this very specific type of audience and knowing who that is, but then knowing where they are. So we know data set wise now because of the digital space that you have the capability of knowing where your audience is. So one thing that I first hit, if you are targeting an older audience and first baby boomers, still the number one, um, spender period as a generation, they have the biggest spending capability. Are they older? Yes, but they can spend more than anybody. Sometimes they they won't. I mean, they're, they're, they, they they save their money, you know, (laughs) they want to, they want a deal. That's why they have it. And we still have the silent generation that is in their late seventies and early eighties. That's still around and they still work. They still have, you know, projects that they're doing that are retirement projects, but their jobs, because we've had generations that people are living longer mm-hmm. and we've had generations not want to stop working completely. So they take part-time jobs or they do various things just to stay social. Right. So not only do they have the savings of spending capabilities, they have the incoming income because they're still working. 
So when you think about, you know, baby boomers, though, still to this day have the highest, they have over $70 trillion in spending capability that no other generation touches them and their money. But how do we target them? And we, we often are thinking the pandemic changed our media consumption. Mm -hmm. Um, We often think that, oh, you know, social media and digital is only for the younger generations where the pandemic changed that and had an evolution happen overnight that probably wouldn't have ever happened. Um, or it would have taken 10 to 15 years to happen. I know my grandma, she's 82 and you know, she has an iPhone and (laughs) she's all constantly, you know, now, honey, how do I get to do this? How do I, you know, but, but it's true. They, they are spending money now. And I think once they've retired, they have the money to spend. And so now they're looking to, to be able to use that to their advantage. Yeah. And they're in those digital platforms. So Mm -hmm. a few things now. So what I, I look and talk to many people is at least think about programmatic placement for your media um, on the digital space side. So that's outside of Google, that's outside of social. Social is now a brand recognition. It's no longer targeting. Mm -hmm. We can't target with social like we could two years ago, three years ago, because when cookie updates and Apple updates and all this happened, we lost a lot of data sets on the social side. So it's branding. It's overall branding. It's still a great tool, but know what to use it for. Mm-hmm. Programmatic is now where we need to shift to to get into our targeting and targeting specific behaviors and targeting specific people. Now, I, I know what program what that means, yes. but why don't you explain in your words so that so, people who are listening understand yeah. exactly what that is? So it is a bidding process. It's a DSP, which is demand side platforms. Find somebody to partner with that is a direct seat. It's very expensive. Mm-hmm. Um, it is not an easy thing to just, oh, hey, I want to just do programmatic placement. Find somebody who can. There are people like us that do it every day that have a direct seat that can help you with that. Um, And it is a bidding. It's real-time bidding on your ads. So it's display. It's OTT, CTV. um, It's pre-roll. So it's targeting that audience. And you literally can just add in layers of who you're targeting. I can find, you know, by pet owners, by job title, by um, who how many household income and how many people are in the house and if they have children in the house, if they're parents, if they're not, um, what are they persuaded by? This is where, and it's so trackable. This is where we are able to use those platforms to target our audience more and more. Um, We are starting to see traditional, uh, and I think it's going to be an evolution of how to do this in our traditional TV and radio. We're starting to see that evolve into a programmatic type of placement. And we will eventually get there. However, um, that's going to take that's going to take time because you're you're literally upsetting the apple cart in that. But you're seeing outdoor, you're seeing various things start to move into real time bidding and programmatic. So there there can be I absolutely urge everybody to think about programmatic and adding it into your media plan. There can be you know the fear of knowing okay exactly how do I do this if I can't meet minimums? Find a good partner. I would advise don't find like a TV vendor or a radio vendor partner, find a true DSP partner, somebody who has right. a direct seat on a DSP. Yeah. Cause the TV and radio vendors are just basically reselling what other people do. And then there's the middleman and then you don't get the true results that you really want and you can't make changes as quickly as you would like to. Yeah. yeah. The difference between seat connected TV and over the top ads, just so that people understand, can you share a little bit about, you know, the differences? Yeah. So OTT and CTV, so over the top and, C- and connected TV, they are very similar. It is any type of streaming. And, and honestly, they are used interchangeably. So mm-hmm. it's any type of streaming video. 
each one gets into which platform is OTT and which platform is CTV. But if you kind of lump them all together, it's the same in how you're going to how you're going to look at it. But that is anything streaming. That's your Hulu. That's your Roku. That is anything streaming. Mm -hmm. And you can you programmatically buy it. And if you have that direct seat and you have that partner that has that direct seat, you don't have to go directly to the Hulus. You don't have to go directly. It actually saves you a lot of time mm -hmm. and energy. So your buyers go to a partner like us that just goes straight to the DSP and we bid it. We put the plan in, you're making, you know, you're making it just like you would a traditional vendor, a markup on it. And you, it makes it that much easier for you. And, and then you're not only just brand, you want to have that in your plan as well. Yeah. I was gonna say, and then you're not only just prohibited to just one platform, right? I mean, you can, right. if you go, then you can kind of go across platforms and kind of do that find me, follow me feature where, you know, if, if people are watching Hulu, they'll see an ad, but then maybe they'll get to see the similar ad somewhere else on another platform that they are on. Right. I mean, it's, it's nice to be able to go across the different platforms that people are on because they're on so many different platforms now. <laughs> yeah. Well, and what happens, happens is we really truly we target that behavior so it's wherever they are and mm -hmm. based on budget and impressions that we're trying to bid on but it's wherever they are and that's what we're going to get so that's where it's really important for us as marketers to really think about okay let's let's put this budget towards this and targeting them um make sure that we know use each medium and tactic of media in its strength and this is, you know, more and more, we can target behaviors, we can target individuals, OTT and programmatic need to have a place in everyone's plan. That doesn't mean that we have to get rid of our traditional platforms. That doesn't mean we have to get rid of those completely. We just need to be thinking about adding it in. And I think it's important for people to understand that you can do it specific to the region that you're in or the area that you're in. I mean, even the zip code, right? I mean, you can get down to the... Yeah, you can do it within the zip code. You can do it within... I mean, you have within programmatic and political events, we do it very, very targeted, very specific of where you want to be That because you can't you can't be outside of those areas. So uh, yeah, you can you can micro-target pretty significantly with programmatic. Isn't that, it, it's fascinating. I mean, oh, it's it's so <laughs> incredible to see how media has evolved in, just in my career alone. Right. And to think about it, you know, of just, okay, yeah, we had radio, TV, print, and we thought we had a lot of brand impressions in the American people then, and it was overwhelming for them then. Now, yeah. you know, the thousands that they get in a day and how much they are feeling and seeing. And oh, I mean, the overwhelmness, but it's even more important why we need to be targeting and why our, our message has to stand out somehow because their impressions are so high on what they are getting. And our target audience, we have to break through that noise. Mm -hmm. And if we are targeting where they are and we have that message that resonates with them, it just makes your media planning and marketing plan that much better. I think I read in Ad Week uh, not too long ago that now we have to get in front of somebody 11 to 13 times before they even acknowledge that they've even seen it or heard of it before, right? Is that yep. is that kind of in alignment yep. with what you're seeing too? It's so funny because when I started in my career, it was like three to five times. Yeah, then it went yeah. to seven times. And right. then now we're at that 11 to 13 times. Yeah. And that's where that frequency comes in. And the thing with programmatic that's so great is that we're targeting our audience, but our frequency can be high on who we're targeting over and over and over again, because our budget is not spread so thin that we can't get those frequencies in. Um, it's really fascinating to me now uh, what we saw with the pandemic generationally, our younger generation, so Gen Z, back to how to market to Gen Z, mm -hmm. uh, Gen Z actually picked up radio, local radio and local TV as if it was new. Uh, wow. And it, it cracks me up to see, but that's a, it's, 
to them, there was like, it, it, Ray, I can't tell you how funny it is. Like, cause I have teenage kids Yeah, and, me too. and I hear them like, oh my gosh, they've got this contest going on and they name a local station. And I'm like, I look at my husband. I'm like, they did that contest 30 years ago with us. Like yeah. that's not a new contest. <laughs> that's not new. It's nothing new, right? It's just, <laughs> Hey, they recycled it now. But to them generationally, it was like, this is this new platform where they give me information. It's not just like me just picking what music I want. And it's so fascinating to me (laughs) to see this evolution go full circle. So, you know, we want to have a mix of all the above. And what's really, really important, no matter how small your budget is, no matter how big your budget is, you want to make sure that this mix is done appropriately, again, evolved around your target audience. Right, right. Cloud Campaign helps agencies scale. Like us, we're an agency and we use this for our clients just the same as you could if you're an agency as well. You can onboard more social media clients and charge a higher retainer with leaner teams. It's a powerful all-in-one platform for planning, scheduling, community management and reporting, all for your agency clients to access. And they have one dashboard to see all of their social media. They can approve all of the posts that you've created just like we do for our clients at Peppershock Media. This is a tool for agencies to use for your clients. And if you're a potential client, you want your social media managed, then get a hold of us because we can help you do that too. Go to peppershock.com offers to find out more. So give me an example of uh, some a client that you've had that you can kind of walk through and, you know, the difference between before and after, if you will, right? Like, I mean, I mean, imagine, imagining before and after pictures of what was marketing like before and then after, yeah. you know, using programmatic and what you do for them. So one of the things, well, and it's very interesting to me. My favorite stories are the ones that have a very, very specific target audience or target um, product that they are selling. Niches make so. riches, we say. <laughs> Yeah. And it's true though. It's so true. And so the most fascinating to me is that more targeted and the more targeted you get, the better. So one, you know, as you go through this, so product wise, the more niched you are and the more you understand you as a product, like you said, niches make riches. That's, that's just the way it is. So when, you know, to give an example and some of the things, you know, the before and after, so you've got to think though, too, for some of these, and I, the, some of the companies that come to mind are those that are in those niches, but have been around for a long time. So they were around for, you know, they've been around 50, 60 years and they're providing the same type of service. And, you know, like it, it, a specific one I'm thinking about is a tomato seed company. Uh-huh. And good for them to I, evolve, right? I'm glad yeah. they're evolving. <laughs> yes, exactly. Well, but here's the thing with it. Like we did it how many years ago with grandpa being in charge of yeah. this company. Right. And now multi-generational where we are, but who's their target audience? So the, in this case, they were targeting large farmers mm-hmm. um, in various parts of the country. And it's funny because I actually grew up on a tomato farm. So this specific oh, I love. So, I, I grew yeah. up on a potato farm. So, you know. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. Well, the Idaho. Yeah, absolutely. Right. So I totally get it. And and I'm Jersey tomatoes. So, you know, we're yeah. as stereotypical Not as sugar beets. there. Sugar beets and, and, and corn so and potatoes. With it, though, if you think it through, one, one thing as the generations start to pass these companies down or move on, even if it's not family passed down, but it is you know, generationally passed down how we see this evolve, but we needed the most successful ones evolve it in the strengths of where they need to target. Right. And so when they, and they also evolve 
with their target audience. So as they, as a company are going down into this evolution of, okay, we're shifting over, we're becoming the, you know, the younger generation is taking over. Well, hold on. The same thing with our target audience. There are right. farmers that we are targeting are also shifting. So yeah. we can't, we can't lose that because just because this was grandpa's seed company doesn't mean that it's grandpa's seed company now. And that's not who that younger generation might want to have their touch on it. Mm -hmm. So you want to look and see, okay, how do I target them specifically? How do I look at that? And the one thing that's great about it is when you use these um, specific types of uh, examples and companies that you can work with and that you, you see, okay, they are, you know, it's a seed, it's a, um, it, it's a specific clothing line. It's very specific, right? You can target that. You can target the type of farmer that you're looking yeah. for. And, you know, it's you interesting because farmers do things differently. You know, if they're in the tractor, they'll listen yes. to the radio, but then, you know, now that they they're doing a lot of things remotely with their phone, right? I mean, they're and, they're watering yeah. their land from their phone, from their device. Look, at, look yeah. at some of the tech that we see in ag. And, you know, mm -hmm. we do we do quite a bit in ag. We do quite a bit in all the above. We do mm -hmm. a lot um, because we are media experts. So we work in multi-sectors and ag is just one of the things that we work Absolutely. in. But with that, you look and you see, and let me look at the technology of farmers now. Like mm -hmm. I look at my family farm, which has been around for a long time, the technology, like they're running our irrigation through iPads. Yeah, and it's exactly. like, that's mind boggling. I used to have to go move the pipe. Like that's like, that Sets is what used to have to happen. <laughs> and that is totally different now. Right. And you, you see it in this manner and you see it and how it develops and grows and you have to evolve with that audience. You have to evolve as well. So you need to pay attention to, is my audience evolving? Is my, but that doesn't mean we're ignoring the old audience. It just means right. that we're targeting the older audience the same way because they're still going to have influence. That's the other thing generationally that we see. The older generation has more influence on the younger generations than they ever have. Mm -hmm. And so we want to pay attention to that and not, not dismiss it. But we also have to start introducing into the next generation that's going to be taking over. Just because you have one main target audience doesn't mean that you then have a you don't have a secondary target audience right. that you should right. be looking at budget for as well. Absolutely. And I think you're right. If you can do that multi-pronged approach where you can get grandpa and, you know, grandson or, or granddaughter, you know, I mean, it's definitely evolving. And then even then more and more, you know, the older generation's getting used to technology. They're getting used to it. So now we can use that to our advantage too. <laughs> well, and like you said, they are still, you know, and I'm going to talk farmers for a minute and, sure. you know, that's it applies, it applies to every right? industry. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it does. But think about it this way. If I'm going to target them where they need to be, they care about the, the new news because they need to know what the weather is going to be like. They care about certain things that are going to be local. That's radio weather. That's TV weather. So they're going to pay attention to their local news. So buy them there and they're going to pay attention to local events. So those are live events. Mm -hmm. So it's okay to buy your traditional platforms in those strengths. And that's actually any audience. That's not just farmers. When you're looking at traditional platforms, your radio and your TV, your traditional broadcast TV, your traditional broadcast radio, you are talking about live events. So we're talking sports. We're talking um, some sort of, you know, 
big event, you know, Super Bowl and mm-hmm. World Series, those types of things that take place. And then you're talking or state of the state or state of the, the state of the union, those types mm-hmm. of things as well. Those the live events that are important that people pay attention to, the Oscars, things like that. But then you're also talking about your local news. That is something that we still see. And after the pandemic, it is something people pay attention to the most. Mm-hmm. And they are, they want to make sure we see this actually generationally over any time there's a crisis in our country, we go back to local news like it's brand new and that it's just something that we hold on to. 9-11 morning news numbers went through the roof. Um, Now we have overall with just news as a whole, we just want to get that snippet. We just want to make sure everything's okay, that the world we're going to bed to is the same that the world that we woke up to and vice versa. And we want to make sure that when we wake up, okay, nothing's different, nothing's new. Okay, I'm okay. And it's this sense of panic that we get put into as a society. So when you're looking at buying those traditional platforms, buy it where the strengths are. But then over here, I can target that woman that needs you know, clothes for her three-year-old daughter, or I can target that financial advisor because this is the specific uh, audience that I need to reach for this, or I can target that tech company because this is what they're looking for. Mm -hmm. And I can target that CMO or that CFO or whomever based on title. I can target that tomato seed farmer. Mm -hmm. I can target that way programmatically. So you're getting that omni-channel approach of buying each medium and each tactic and its strengths. Right. Absolutely. And then you get them to go through the whole journey and to buy and purchase and you get in front of them 11 to 13 times or however many we need to in order to make it happen. And then and then once they are in the system, once they've purchased from you, I mean, there's a whole new world of things that we can do beyond that where they continue to grow and buy more and do more. Right. Yep. That's exactly right. And once they become loyal and they're part of it, I mean, it. It, they come back in and they want the same product over and over and over again, but you continue to reach and target them. We we don't have to have a shotgun approach anymore. We just buy the mediums and the tactics in its strengths uh, to reach that same audience over and over again so that we reach them the 11 to 13 times. Right. I love the the, the a concept of a lookalike campaign where you can keep targeting targeting the people that your own customers are already who are already buying from you that you want to continue yeah. to have more just like them. Exactly. And you want to make sure that you, you know, that audience and you can making those lookalikes, it's easier to do when you know your audience Mm -hmm. and Mm -hmm. it's um, more efficient and your budget goes so much further. There's so many things we can do with budget now. And, you know, from the small, we work with the smallest of the smallest to the biggest of the big and each one of them, each dollar is that much more important to make sure it's spent wisely. And that it, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter what size you are. You don't want to have any wasted ad space and ad dollars at all. And actually, that's a that's a good point. When you say the smallest of the small, I mean, obviously, the more we can spend, the better we can do. But yeah. just give our audience an idea, because maybe there's somebody out there thinking, oh, I don't know, it's going to be too expensive. I, I I don't think I could afford it, or you know. So touch touch a little bit about you know the the because there are some minimums and some things that you have to get past. Yeah. But let's talk a little bit about that. Well, when you, when you actually partner with somebody like us, like we don't have any medium uh, or any minimums for the mediums that we work with. Now we'll tell you if it's not going to work, right? Right. So like a thousand dollars trying to target New York city with OTT, that won't work, but but, it'll be honest, but every budget, you know, usually if you have a thousand dollars or more, you're going to have some sort of options. Mm -hmm. And if you want, you know, a few thousand, like, and honestly, most brands 
typically you should be looking at, you know, having a budget of about $5,000 at least to start with, even if you're small, you want to have something out there to do something with that gets your brand going, right? And gets gets people in front of it. So when I say the smallest, the small, I mean, small, mm-hmm. um, we work on that front, but we work then in the hundreds of millions as well. Right, because, right. And each budget is so important. It doesn't matter if you're a fortune 100 mm-hmm. or if you are a mom and pop. It doesn't matter. Each ad dollar is that much more important and you want to target it the way you need to target it to get that return on investment. And, you know, when I started in media, it was a lot of guessing. I I will never forget when I started in media and people would ask, well, how do you know if my ad dollars are working? And, you know, the good old fashioned salesmen, they know that they would train us and they'd come in and they'd have their, you know, cheap suits and whatever that they always wore. Tasseled shoes. Oh yeah. The tasseled (laughs) shoes, the whole nine yards. And they'd be like, well, your cash register is ringing. And you know, it always bothered me. I was like, that's so weird. Like there's yeah. nothing else we can do now in today's world. There's so many things we can do for attributions yeah. and actually yeah. tie it back to our ad space and see exactly where our money is being spent. And then where our money is coming back to us. Let's talk about some of the tools and resources and, you know, just uh, because you, 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 there's so much, like you said, I mean, what is it that people should think about when they want to go down this path? What kind of dashboards or things should they track or, you know, how could they go about doing it? What, what are some resources for that? So honestly, I will say if you don't have millions to spend and millions within <laughs> a couple of months to spend, find a good partner. Mm-hmm. Um, those dashboards, those notes, those reportings, all of that will come with a good partner. Like for us, we do, like I said, we work with brands from the smallest, the small to the biggest, the big, and we do everything um, on the placement side. And you, you give us what your goals are. You give us what we're looking at. Our team places it. You get a report. It's a live dashboard that you log into to see and you get all that information. So those are the things that find that good partner. If you can invest in getting it and you have tens of millions to spend and you're on that, on that path, then you can look at it yourself and go into a direct seat and looking at it, but you have to have somebody to manage it. So a lot of times internal brands come to us that have those bigger budgets because they're like, we don't need to have somebody sitting in front because you're optimizing daily, hourly, and making sure that your ads are being placed correctly and where they want to be and showing up where they want to be. You don't want to just set it and forget it. That's the other difference between working with a partner as opposed to working with like a TV vendor or a radio vendor that just has some programmatic other vendor mm-hmm. and it's down the road is that they're not optimizing. It's a set it and forget it. And you don't want that. You want to make sure every time, every single time we take over from a uh, firm that has done that, Every time it's without fail, we will find your brand on websites they should have never been on and getting bots and getting things that are just not quality. And that's the key thing. So when you find that partner and be picky in that partner that you're finding Mm -hmm. and they have those tools. And like I said, the internal teams and the internal big fortune 100s that have their internal marketing, they love to outsource it to a partner as well, because they don't, they don't need to have three to four people or even more, depending on how much they're spending, just optimizing all day long on a DSP. Right. So it works better in that sense. Find a good partner, work with a good partner, test it out, see how it works. Frankly, dip your toe in it. You're going to find every single time we have somebody go, you know, we're going to test this out every time they come back for more because it's like, oh, this worked, this worked really well. And that's, that's what you just keep pushing and keep going forward with. Yeah, I think you really touched on that. We 
obviously us as an agency, we've been doing that and then recognize quickly, you know, we've got to find the right partners to do the right pieces to it. We can produce all of the content, but when it comes to making sure that it's at the right time at the right audience, there are people who do this every day, just like you. And so, you know, focusing on being able to, to produce really good quality work just doesn't always mean that that's going to be something that we're going to you know, tackle. So we white label with others and do the same thing. And it's, it's, it's a nice partnership because then we can still have some, you know, ability to make sure it's on brand and the messaging and and it's following everything that we want. And we can help our, our, our clients identify what that is. And then, yeah, partner with people like you to make that happen. And, and you're right, TV and radios. I mean, I I know I have some listeners who probably are, you know, radio and TV reps, but if it's, if it's resold, then you've got this middleman and you don't get to have those changes as quickly or as rapidly as you want, because every time you want to do iterations, you want to test it, you want to see what's working, you know, do, do a small test with small budget first, Right. And then and then once you've dialed it in, then, you know, now you've got something working. Let's spend more money once we've identified what's going to work and and not. And so having that partner and having that feedback and, you know, having real time access to, you know, the the display and and knowing what's working, what's not. and, And especially in political. Right. I mean, they just make changes every moment if you could. Right. Oh, yeah. Yeah. We've, we've partnered and done that too with, with some political uh, media buying yeah, and, and exactly. OTT and it's, and, it's crazy. <laughs> well, and it's really important. Like you just said, everybody has their strengths, right? Mm-hmm, so mm-hmm. again, I'm going to go back to every tactic has its strength, but partners have their strengths too. And it's okay that you outsource your media. If you're an mm-hmm. agency, it's okay. Mm-hmm. Outsource mm-hmm. it. It's fine. And frankly, you can make more money off of it because you're not having overhead. Because mm-hmm. let somebody who that is their specialty do it and you can make yeah. money off of it. Mm-hmm. Um, just make riches, like we said. <laughs> yes, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> and, you know, and to, you know, rely on their partners and their strengths. Like for us, we don't do creative. That is not what we do. We only do the placement. That is what we do. We partner with agencies all day long to do that. And we partner with in-house marketing teams mm-hmm. to do that portion. Now, do we have some creative partners that we can outsource it to? Absolutely. But we have no problem connecting that. But for us, that's not, that's not who we are. We are very good in the media realm and that is what we focus on. And that is what we do. Yeah. And I think more and more, you know, they talk about the gig economy and, you know, people getting gigs and, and going off on their own and freelancing. I mean, we use freelancers and we partner and have different things that we do to bring it all together because we are full service, but that doesn't mean that we do all of the work, right? We find those people that we can work with and, and do that. And, and that, you know, that's exciting to me to find partners like you to do stuff that needs to get yeah. done and, and, and all of the above. So thank yep. you. For, we should for, all be working yeah. together. I yes. Yeah. <laughs> My friend from Anchorage, Alaska. <laughs> exactly. I know yeah. people always laugh. They're like, you live where? Because it's so funny to me because we do so much throughout the rest of the country and we do minimal in Alaska because it's Alaska. And they always, and it'll be months into a relationship or a client relationship. And they're like, wait a minute, where do you live? Like out of nowhere. <laughs> and then they're like, 
huh? I did not expect that. So yeah. <laughs> yep, yep, yep. Well, and before we got on the call, I was explaining that my dad just retired from Wasilla, Alaska, yep. which is a small town. But what did you say? Alaska's small but big. Or what did you say? Oh, yeah, we're the, small, we're the smallest, biggest state there is. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> that's right. That's right. Yeah. Excellent. Well, this has been very insightful. And I imagine that um, there will be people who are just uh, anxious to learn more and understand how they can get involved and dip their toe into this and and you know use OTT and programmatic and CTV and all the all the acronyms that we've pulled up today. Yes. <laughs> Media, we're the worst at that. You know, yeah. we love even yeah. back in the day, GRP and CPP and you know, we love our stuff. <laughs> we love our acronyms. Oh. All of the above. Yeah. So those that are listening, what what the plan is that you would come to Pepper Shock to do all the creative and content and you know that that part of thing. We partner and then we can partner with Marianne's team and do uh, all Absolutely. of the program, all the all the things that need to get all placed. the above. Yep, right. we'll get it placed. We'll take all your creative and make sure it's placed and reaching the audience that you need to reach. There you go. And if there are um, internal teams listening, how can they get a hold of you, Marianne? What can they do to um, reach out to you? Yeah. So if you want to go to our website, mosaic.agency forward slash contact, that goes straight to my email address. So if you want to get a hold of us that way, you can follow me on Twitter at Media Maps um, or I'm on LinkedIn as well and Marianne Pruitt. So just reach out. I love to have conversations. I love just pick my brain. I'm all for it and I'm here to help. Excellent. Well, thank you so much for, for joining me today. I really appreciate having you on the show. Yeah, thank you so much for having me. I really enjoyed it. And for those of you listening, the best thing that you can do for both of us is to share this with others that uh, you know could you know listen to this and get some value. And then also give us a review. Those are like gold to us on, on this podcast. So thanks again. And until next time, everybody, enjoy your marketing journey. Thanks for listening to the Marketing Expedition Podcast. Want to continue the journey? Don't miss out on new episodes. Subscribe on iTunes, Spotify, Amazon Music, or wherever you get your podcasts. Wouldn't it be great if there was one place you can go to get all the latest information and tips about marketing and advertising? The Marketing Expedition community is that place. People like you gather in our online community to build relationships with others and find the latest marketing trends, tactics, tools, and technology. We help you build your brand and your bottom line. Start your adventure today. Visit themarketingexpedition.com to find out more.